How do you recover from the loss of a child? We're going to talk about that next on the Monday Christian Podcast. Listening to the Monday Christian Podcast, the program dedicated to helping you put into action the truth of God's Word that you hear on Sunday to your everyday life on Monday. And now, here's your host, Ezra Beyer. Well, hi there again, and welcome to another edition of the Monday Christian Podcast. And I know for those of you that have been listening to these podcasts, I've first got to just uh, offer an apology. We've been off for a couple of months. And I'll explain the reason why. Uh, Most of you know that I pastor Discovery Point Church in Toronto, Ontario. That's been the church that my wife and I founded two and a half years ago. In the last three months, we've done a major renovation in the inside of our church. And if you've ever been a part of a renovation project, whether it's at home or, or part of a church or business, you know that it takes a little bit of time to get stuff under control. So what we did in the inside of the sanctuary was we basically completely renovated it, where we put a new carpet, a new drywall insulation, um, put insulation in the ceiling, stuff like that. Of course, new paint, uh, new chairs, a new stage, um, a lot of new stuff. And we have now have a new uh, kids area as well. And one of the big challenges that we were facing as a church was when people would walk in, since we're a storefront facility, and we really hadn't renovated the place to a high degree, it was more just cosmetic renovations, and paint and things like that. Um, there was two problems, major problems. One, there were so many distractions because we were a storefront. There's so many people walking by, and so when you were sitting in service, you could look outside, and it would just be very distracting with people coming in and out. And so we built a little entryway, and you can see pictures online. If you go to our Discovery Point Church Facebook page, you can see pictures of it. Um, but then the other thing that this helped us to do is not only cut off the noise, but if you live anywhere in the north, whether in the U.S. or, or Canada, you know that Toronto, uh, around mid-February, uh, late January, it's not exactly the most pleasant place to be. Uh, if, if This is when we get incredibly jealous of Floridians. And so that was a, it was a major problem where it would sometimes be cold on Sunday mornings. There were several Sunday mornings of the year where it was just so hard to keep the building warm. But now, thanks to this renovation, everything's changed, and it is so much better. I can't tell you how much better things are now that since we've done it, and we've really been, uh, we've seen an increase now in people coming and, and attending, and also sticking around as well, because they're going to be not only warm, but it's just, it's such an inviting atmosphere now. So check out the pictures, Discovery Point Church. Um, you can check out our Facebook page, and I'd love for you to see the updates we've done there. But anyways, that that aside, today on the podcast, uh, I have my friend Sean English, and Sean's going to talk about something uh, that's really is emotional, and he talks about the death of his child. And in this, uh, I've heard him share his testimony a couple of times now, and he has a powerful story of how he came to faith in Christ, and he'll I'll have him share that on this podcast. But I know some of you, uh, doubtless, have gone through times of extreme pain in your life. And maybe right now you're going through a time of extreme pain, and you're just wondering, okay, how do I find God through this pain? Um, 
how do I press forward? Or maybe you know a friend who's going through a very difficult season of their life. What do you say to a person like that? Like, how do you help someone if you've never gone through the situation that they're going through? We get into all these things and more on this podcast. So without any further uh, babbling on on my part, let's go ahead and just jump right into this interview. Sean, why don't we just jump right into this and talk to us. How did you first come to faith in Christ? Well, for me, uh, you know, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Uh, I didn't, uh, you know, my, my parents, they were very well versed in it. They grew up, you know, in the age when uh, faith was quite strong all throughout the county, all throughout the country. Um, and we had bits and pieces of it. You know, we would pray for our meals before our meals and we would know about God, but we didn't really know God. And uh, from a very young age, four years old, my parents uh, divorced at that age. And uh, just, you know, at that age, not really understanding what things were happening. Um, and my father trying to raise two young boys, kind of the, the opposite of the norm that we see in our society of a a father taking full custody of the kids uh, was a bit different. So he, uh, you know, struggled many years. I think it was two full years trying to raise us and keep and maintain a full-time job. And his uh, his mother, uh, he was talking to you one day, and they just decided why don't uh, his parents move from where they lived to the, the little town that we lived in and uh, help him out in whatever way they could. And shortly after that, the decision was made for me to go and live with my grandparents full time. Now, my grandmother, she was a very saintly woman, uh, believed in Jesus, trusted him as, a, as her Lord and Savior. And she gave me a foundation over the seven years that I lived with her. I would be off on Wednesday nights to youth groups. And uh, just she gave me that, instilled that Jesus' love in me. But I still didn't have it. And after those seven years of living with her, then I went back and lived with my father, and everything that had happened as far as a faith base stopped. And then for those many years, I think it was around 10 full years, I never talked about God, still had understanding, prayed, prayed for things that I wanted. So I still had that, you know, God working on me. I could feel that, but never, no desire whatsoever to really be living for God. When I was 23 years old, I happened to meet a young lady around that age. You're looking for companionship and thinking about marriage and things like that, starting your own family. And this young lady, I, I, I took her out on a, my first date to a movies. And I just remember when I came home that day, I told my father that uh, this is the lady I'm going to marry. Couldn't explain it, couldn't understand why. You knew right away then. I knew right away. That, that very day, could not understand it. I understand it now, but... At that time, just knew there was something about her I just knew. And through her, she grew up in a Christian home. Uh, wasn't herself a Christian just yet, but she, she understood things and a lot more stronger than I did at that time. And uh, just for years, for four years, we enjoyed marriage together. We enjoyed each other's company. But uh, there was just something missing, something that we, we both knew. You know, I had deep conversations going late into the night. But what, what would fulfill that desire that we have? We both had a desire for something. 
And we thought, you know, children, that's, that's the next logical step for us would be children. So we tried, we tried for many years with no success, nothing uh, happening whatsoever. We were just coming to the point where we'd actually have to, you know, have doctors intercede with it and uh, be forcing God's hand, so to speak, uh, for a child and not, because uh, we just couldn't, nothing was working for ourselves. Uh, we had even got to the point where we were getting ourselves tested and checked out. You know, was there a, a physical problem that we couldn't have children? And uh, everything kind of cleared. Nothing was nothing was wrong with us as far as being able to have kids. Everything looked fine. So uh, just we were about to face the next step of going into more um, procedures and stuff that we really weren't looking forward to. And my wife just one night said, why don't we pray? And it kind of shocked me a little bit. Didn't really understand, you know, okay. I knew she grew up, you know, very strong in her faith uh, from a very young age. And that day we we prayed. And I remember she prayed specifically just like hand in the Bible to give her a child. And that if God would grant her wish, we would give that child back to God. We would raise it in the church. We would start going to church. And, you know, just... I can't remember really what I prayed that night, but just asking God to, if it would be his will to give us a child. And lo and behold, about two months later, we found out that we were expecting a child. Wow. And just, you know, at that point, something broke inside of me. They just understood that there's something here. I couldn't quite understand it, but for just all of a sudden that changed to happen. And just inside me, I knew what had done that change. I knew there was that prayer that we had prayed and for four years having no success and then finally taking it to God. And there was success. God had granted our, our prayer. And she was born in uh, November uh, 9th, 2011. And that year... Um, you know, we, we were okay. We got this child. We promised this to God that we would give this child back to God. We'd raise her in the church. So my wife and I started looking for a church. Not very successful looking for what we were looking for. My wife had a, um, a camp that she used to attend as a young child. And for whatever reason it was, her parents had, had bounced for many, many times to different church, trying different churches, seeking for what was fulfilling them. And... For some reason, this camp in my my wife's life, it made a difference. She just knew there was something different about this camp. And um, so we decided that the next following year, the camp was uh, in the month of July. We were going to go to the camp. Her parents had always attended, attended every year that they could. That physically, God would help them to, to be able to attend it. And uh, we decided to join them and go up to camp. And uh, it was at that camp that I really heard the gospel for the first time, what God had really done for me, what Jesus had done on the cross for me. And it just spoke to my heart. I knew when I left that camp that there was a change, but not a complete change yet. There was a, I heard it, but I didn't accept it yet. About two weeks later, I was driving in my car, and I just remember coming to the end of myself and saying, Christ, I need you. There's, that's just what I need. I need Christ in my life. That's what's been missing. And ever since that day, I can't say I'd ever regret 
accepting Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's that's an incredible story. And so, what, what like when you were going through that time, if you could summarize, what was that thing that you felt that you were missing? Like I know the the answer was ultimately God, but w- b- before you arrived at God, what did you feel that it was? It's just a, a longing to belong. I think more than anything else, what you're searching for that what is it that's just going to give me peace that's going to give me that calmness in life and you know a lot a lot of us we look for things material things to give us that you know to enjoy you're just looking for that enjoyment uh, you know, and that comes through peace and comes through just relaxation and uh, too many we, we think of uh, different things you know, be it physical things or um, uh, things we do, maybe, uh, you know, a sports or a game or something like that. But in the end, when you really look back on all those things, and that's what I noticed when I look back on all those things, different things I tried, many, many things throughout the years, um, that it just, it brought me peace in that moment, but never brought me actual peace, complete peace. Wow. And tell us the story then of of your child passing away and you've shared this story i've, I've heard you share it in, in pieces of it at different times and it it's such a gripping story and the lesson that you share from it i think most impacted me so why don't you just share that and and then i'll ask you some questions afterwards sure sure so we uh, we've been blessed with our first child rory and uh we had uh, great times we were now going to a church full time that was close to us, that uh, some great people there, great Christians that helped us out in our walk, and uh, lo and behold, not that much longer later, I think about 17 months later, we found out that we were expecting our second child, um, and uh, another girl we were expecting, and she was born, and born on April 15th, 2013, and uh, she just uh, was a joy to have too, and. Um, having God in our life and having children, we just felt things were complete. We had, you know, Becky and I, we had plans and we just, uh, plans for children, more children, uh, things in life, what were going to happen. At the time I was uh, pursuing the position of a police officer. Things were successful with that and uh, as much as they could be, very difficult to try and go through for that, but uh, slowly was progressing, seeming things were moving along. And we just felt we had everything planned out. It was all good. Things were things were fine. Uh, I had just recently taken a new position on at work. Uh, it was a promotion through work and moved me to the night shift. And uh, we uh, had a our child had uh, many many sicknesses throughout normal kind of things that you see here and there. Um, now, when our firstborn was born, she was in the hospital for about seven days to begin with. She had uh, what was called transient leukemia, which is just uh, fluid on the lungs. So as she was giving birth, she probably got some fluid, some of the fluid from her mother in the lungs. And it wasn't a big issue, but she had uh, um, a high fever. So they decided to put her on antibiotics and keep her, and it was seven days in there. Kind of ever since uh, that happened, we always knew that there was some issues with her, uh, with her physical health, with her immune system. Um, wouldn't be a, a Christmas go by that she wouldn't get sick. And um, many different times to the ER, a couple times to the ER for um, 
Lomite little bit of a pneumonia. But uh, everything seemed to be really panning out. That was kind of in the earlier stages of her life, up to about one, one and a half. And uh, we were just normal. Wednesday, she kind of fell ill, had uh, not really many issues. She was playing, very happy, uh, playing with her little sister. And uh, Thursday seemed to be doing a bit better. Um, and then Friday rolled around. It was Friday morning. And I had just come home from work, and she wasn't doing very well at all. Very laborious breathing, uh, struggling to uh, get her breath in. And we decided, you know, it might be possible to go to the hospital, get things checked out, see what's happening. And uh, my wife the day before had uh, had uh, given her a steam bath in the bathroom, just kind of turned on the hot water and got the steam going in there and really helped loosen up the mucus and that seemed to be causing her the issues, seemed to help. So that uh, Friday morning I decided, well, I'll do that and then we'll head to the hospital after that and see if that just helps her out a little bit. And during that time of giving her the steam bath, she uh, she was just uh, up on the counter and I was undressing her so she wouldn't overheat with her clothes. And um, at that very moment she just collapsed in my arms. And I knew something wasn't right. I knew it wasn't just a, she collapsed or fell. I knew that there was something seriously wrong. So I called for my wife and told her to call 911. I uh, laid her on the kitchen floor and uh, just could tell that she was not breathing. Um, had taken some different things with uh, going through for policing to kind of recognize that stuff and taken first aid. So started to uh, perform first aid on her. And uh, at that time, the uh, time flew by real quick. You really didn't, you know, and seconds felt like minutes. And it was uh, kind of a crazy time. Don't remember too much of it, but I uh, continued to do first aid on her. And then first on scene was the fire department. They decided to take her out to the ambulance. They are just showing up. And uh, I just remember during the whole time while I was giving her the first aid, and giving her CPR, I remember just asking God, let me hear that heartbeat one more time. Because it, it broke my heart that day when I laid my ear on her chest and I heard no heartbeat whatsoever. Broke my heart that day. And I knew at that point she was gone. She was dead. And it was now either bring her back or I'd lost a child. And I just prayed, God, let me hear that heartbeat one more time. And at that point, I went with the um, ambulance. My wife stayed back. Um, what was amazing is God had his hand upon us that day. From the very second, he knew everything that was going to happen that day. And sure enough, our, our pastor that we had at the time, he was actually the chaplain for the fire department. And he received the call, knew the address, came right over, brought over one of the ladies from the church to be with Becky and uh, was able to help her out, bring her to the hospital. And uh, we went to, the, went to the local hospital, and between the time I started CPR uh, to the time things kind of changed around was about 45 minutes. And it just seemed, you know, I look back on that now, and it's a little odd how 45 minutes of working on somebody to bring a heart back, 45 minutes is a very long time to be not breathing, not uh, not having your heart beat. And 45 minutes from the time my daughter 
died on the kitchen floor, her heart beat again. And just, you know, hope kind of came in. You know, she's, she's beating again. Things are working again. And uh, things very quickly changed there. They were going to airlift her to one of the big cities, get her to the hospital. And I was able to travel with her on that helicopter. And I just remember when we got finally to the uh, big hospital there in the big city. And I remember finally being able to go up to her and be with her. And I laid my head on her chest. And I heard her heart beating again. God had fulfilled my prayer that I asked him. God had given me that. Now, different things. My wife was able to come along. Uh, one of the ladies, like I said, from the church was able to drive her down to the hospital. So about 45 minutes later, I was able to be back with my wife again. Our pastor came so that he was with us during that day. And this happened all about 9, 9.30 in the morning when it started. And uh, we were just at the hospital all day. The doctors had told us, you know, with the amount of time that she had been without oxygen, her heart not beating, um, the chances of things being okay aren't very good. And uh, we prayed about it with our pastor. And there was just a, a peace that came upon both my wife and I during that time. Um, we just knew that whatever happened, if we had to say goodbye to her, that there was uh, no real option to have her living on machines for the rest of her life. That wasn't something we wanted ever for anyone. Um, that if that was the case, then if this was the day that God called her home, then we were at peace with it. We, we knew that it'd be God's will. We had prayed that night for her and said that we would give, him, give her back to him. And we didn't expect it to be this soon, but if that was God's will, then his will be done. How, how did you respond that way? Um, because I've known others that have gone through it just different, really tough situations, whether it's the loss of a family member, and, uh, and their response is, well, where, where is God? Um, God doesn't care. Um, um, God must be an evil God who allows things like this to happen. And your response is so different. Uh, like, how how were you able to respond that way? For me, it was you know I I, I couldn't fully understand it. I couldn't. I, I still can't fully explain it. But there was a peace, and there was there was just a. I felt like God was there with us the whole entire time. There was. There was just a, a calmness that we had, and God's hand was there. And I just I remember even that day, um, I remember Romans 8.28, that all things work together for good to those that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And all things, no matter what they are, are difficult to face but God's got a purpose for it no matter what a death of a loved one and you know a deep valley that you might walk through God's there with you God is there in everything you think of Psalms 23 he is there he's our shepherd he's our guide 
he will direct us. And in the end, when you will look back on this situation, you will realize that God had a purpose. And even though, you know, some may not see that purpose in their lifetime, they will, they will, they will, they will experience it when they go on to eternity. They will know why that happened. Like when you talk about this piece, because I've heard this, I've heard this from numbers of people that go through hard situations that come out of it strong, that that are, are strong Christians through it. They talk about this, this peace that comes over them in the midst of the most um, incredible of, of, of difficulties. Um, I'm going to be interviewing a, a couple here shortly uh, named Melvin and Sandy Adams, and they talk about how they were in Ukraine, and, and Melvin was um, basically a, a group of robbers broke into their, uh, their place and almost beat him to death. And in the midst of that, there's like this peace that comes over them in, in like focus. And yeah, like just how do, how do you describe that? Like what, what, what is that? If I were to even try to describe it, I think the best way I could to describe it is just the presence of God was there. He was right there with us going through it. Uh, you know, he had his hand upon everything from having our pastor there to be with us, to to help us. And I remember, you know, it wasn't just the, the single day, but the, the days after that can be very difficult for it too. And in the, in the day that things like that happen, uh, shock kind of sets in and you may not really realize things uh, and what's going on. But I remember um, it was a Friday that it happened. And just after midnight, so early Saturday morning, was when we decided to let her go and let her heart stop and for her to move on to eternity and be with her, her Lord. Then we didn't get much sleep that Saturday. But I do remember Saturday night when I laid my head on my pillow and I was praying to God just to help me, to help my wife get through this. Um, just be with us as we we figure out why and what's what's going on. I remember very clear as day when I closed my eyes, I saw just a shadowy figure standing off. But there was a man and he was holding a child's hand. And what God gave me was that Jesus was holding our daughter Rory's hand. She was safe. She was in eternity with him, and there was no greater place for her to be. And I just remember such a peace coming upon my heart when I seen that, when I had that vision of her holding Jesus' hand. I knew everything was going to be okay. I knew where she was. I knew she was safe. And that one day, we would be joined again in Beulah Land. It was just a... A wonderful peace that came upon my heart that night. And I remember the following day on Sunday sharing that with everybody at church and just just remember that, that the peace that came upon me through that was uh, amazing. Nothing but God could give us that peace. How did it change the way that you view pain? Pain was changed in a view of that uh, all the struggles that life brings. Um, 
deep, deep struggles, uh, even the small struggles that we have, that God is using them for greater good. God is using them as a refiner would use uh, fire to refine a, a metal to make it pure. And that that's how I truly believe. I know the Bible speaks on that, but that that is truly what our our pain that we go through is doing nothing but strengthening us in our walk with God. Talk about how you experience God during that time. You've talked about that a little bit already, but like it seems to me from what you're saying, there's some things about God you never would have discovered unless you had gone through that time of pain. What what were some of those things that you just discovered about who God is? Well, for myself, through through her death, I came to a, a period of just depression, obviously, that would come with it. Um, put myself deep focus into my work. Uh, I was back to work within two weeks after her death, and I kind of sheltered myself at that point and uh, would spend many, many hours, 60 to 70 hours a week at work, uh, just avoiding things. Um, but through that all and through difficult times, um, God always had his hand holding mine. There were several times during that first year after her death that I let go of God's hand and I went the other way. And uh, I fell back into old ways of myself before I became a Christian, struggled with sin. But God always had his hand outstretched. He was always calling. And in such a stronger way than I ever felt before. He had a he had a purpose, he had a reason, and he kept calling me back home. Now there was just finally a point during that that year that I finally came to the end of myself. I just knew there was there was nothing else that I could do. Living in sin was not the way to do things. And I needed to finalize something. As Christ died on the cross for me, I needed to be crucified in Christ. As Galatians 2.20 says, I needed to be crucified in Christ. And I just realized I needed to be dead to self. There, I had come so far down into the bottom of the pit, there was nothing left in me. I needed Christ and all of Christ. And it just came to finally to a crisis moment that I realized that, that there was nothing left of me and Christ was able to come in and fill my heart. You know, as you were sharing that, I was thinking back to the numbers of great men and women of the faith. And there's a book out, um, it's kind of an old book called They Found the Secret, but it talks about how so many different individuals all throughout history, if you go on down the list from D.L. Moody to even modern-day examples like Billy Graham or, or, you know, so forth, there was, sure, there had been a time in their life when they had given their life to Christ, but there was, there was another moment when they just really realized that um, there was just a, a deeper level of surrender. And so talk about that. How was that, how, how did that change you? What difference did that make in your life afterwards? It made a, it made a big difference in my life. Um, there was just you know the the things that I had done um, 
before I was a Christian and even after I became a Christian, there was just things that I had done from uh, TV shows that I would watch to um, activities I would have normally done to places I would have normally gone. The, the desire for those wasn't there anymore. It was uh, just a knowledge that this wasn't pleasing to God, what I was doing. And, um, and I wanted to please God completely. I, I wanted to surrender all to him, know that uh, the life that I lived was pleasing to God, that he enjoyed seeing his creation doing what he had planned for his creation to do. It just had spoke to my heart in so many different things. And you know, if, if I was watching something, would I let my children watch this? And if I wouldn't let my children watch this, then why am I watching this? It, it really spoke to me. God really, on uh, several occasions, convicted my heart. And why are you doing this? And uh, it brought a change. I wanted to please him, to, uh, to uh, ensure that on that day when he calls me home, that he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. How did you, like, I guess as a follow-up question as well, and I, I'm guessing someone listening is thinking this question because maybe they've gone through a painful time in their life, and they're angry right now. They're very angry, and they're angry at God in particular. How did you, like, did, did you go through that phase of intense anger at God? It, and if so, like, how did you deal with that? I can honestly say I never had uh, an anger towards God of uh, the situation of uh, calling home my daughter. Shortly after um, she passed away, I had been reading several things from A.W. Tozer. And one thing that just stuck out to me very deeply was his quote, that it is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has heard him deeply. Yeah, and that just a powerful, such a powerful, powerful quote uh, for someone who's just gone through, you know, a very trying time. God is blessing you through that trying time. He has great purpose for you through this trying time. And it just, it just spoke to me so much on that. And I remember a friend of mine, I don't remember the whole article, but a, a very good friend of mine that went to our church, she uh, had given me, sent me this article that was written by a father who uh, they lost a child um, at birth. And he just remember, remember him saying that uh, this simple quote was that uh, um, God had taken away his child, but had blessed him so much through it. And, it was the same for me. It was just such a such a blessing of what he was, what he had done. Uh, I could tell that he had things, you know, great importance for me to do, and uh, this was just uh, strengthening me in my walk with Christ. What would you, what ways would you say that what you went through with with losing your child? How did that change the way that you care for others? Because right now you're studying to be a pastor and. And so, which is another incredible story. Maybe we'll do, have to do another podcast on that. But, but um, how how did that change the way that you care for others? Uh, for myself, it, it just it, we're to be there for others. And in our case, our church 
uh, was just amazing. God used them in such amazing ways from setting up a, a meal plan for us. That people could pick days and there was a whole internet uh, access thing that they did and uh, everybody could sign up for a day and bring us meals and just the church needs to be there for those uh, who are going through those different things. It's, it's, it's a big calling for the church to do that. Um, too often we, uh, we see churches and when people are going through struggles and Christians uh, just going up to people and I'll pray for you and then we walk away when we really need to be out there and we need to be using our hands and our feet for God's purpose. We need to be doing whatever we can, you know, financially or uh, physically. What can we do to help those who are struggling right now, uh, be it struggling in their faith or be it struggling in, uh, in a trying time? Yeah, talk about that just for a second. What, you know, maybe someone listening isn't going through a hard time, but they know of someone else right now who is really going through an incredibly difficult situation. What were some of the most meaningful things that people did for you? Some of the most meaningful things, it was just being there for us and, and physically being there with us, um, you know, helping us out, asking us what, what could we do. You know, a lot of times when situations come like this and we have a group of people, like a, a church body, and uh, we all kind of wonder, well, what can we really do for these people? Well, the simplest thing is giving a glass of water can make a huge difference. We, we all have talents. God has given us all great talents, and we need to use those talents, whatever they are. If it's the talent of being able to speak to somebody and, and uh, um, just listen sometimes can be a great talent, just being able to listen and um, being able to help out, whatever it be. If you uh, financially can help out people, Whatever it is, God will direct you to what the talent he's given you. And He he's given you that talent to use for his purpose. And the biggest thing is to make sure that you focus on that that talent's being used to bring glory to God. That is his purpose for giving us those talents, that we use them to bring glory to his name. I, I think one of the reasons, I would say myself included, where I have struggled to help people that are going through difficult situations is because uh, I think I, like a lot of other people are saying, what can I do? Like what, what can I really do to, to make a difference here? I don't want to get in the way. I don't want to, you know, when they're going through this, I don't want to uh, impose myself. And, but so, so, you know, kind of talk to that. I love what you're saying here with, with being, proactive and really being, I think, spirit-led is what you're saying here, being spirit-led and, and allowing God to use the the gifts if he's giving you, the gifts of encouragement, all these things, to just sit and, and help people. Um, and so, yeah, like, like, talk to the person that's kind of been in my shoes before. How do we get out and really just love people? Well, I think the easiest way for us to just get out and really love people is for us to really have that desire to do that. Um, a lot of us don't. We are what, what I, I've, I've read and, and heard before, uh, just a, a couch potato Christian. And we're, you know, we go to church every Sunday, we listen to the message, 
But when Monday rolls around, it's it's completely different life. And I think far too many of us fall into that. But God has called us to be disciples, every one of us, not just not just an elect few. And I think that's where the church has gone wrong in a few different places is we've put a we put an emphasis on the clergy that the clergy are only supposed to go out and call the clergy are only supposed to go out and and do uh, God's purpose God's will but he calls every one of us children every one of us are his children and he gives us the command to go out to spread the gospel to make disciples and I think the church uh, itself has uh, in some cases, failed to make disciples to really teach us what does it mean, what is what is God's purpose for us all, and that is God's purpose for every one of us is to go out and spread the gospel, to make a difference in God's name, and when the church really focuses on making those disciples and really bringing those people to uh, to that point of where they can be disciples where uh, we strengthen them to a point where they're strong in their faith and uh, we can go out to the lost we can go out to the needy and through god we can make a change in everyone's life that's really good and, and you provided kind of a natural segue here into to my last question that i always ask every person that comes on and that's this you know what is the type of monday christian that you most admire? Because the reason, again, th- that we're called the Monday Christian Podcast is because we want to help people put into action the faith, the truth of God's Word that they might hear on Sunday uh, to their everyday lives on Monday. So what's the type of Monday Christian that you most admire? What are their characteristics? Uh, for me, uh, characteristics for uh, you know, Monday Christian is that they're up. They're, they're up, they're out, and they're doing something. You know, we're not just going home and, and relaxing. We're we're wanting to make that change in God's name in people. We're wanting to to do God's work. We're wanting to fulfill God's will. Um, I think A.W. Tozer said it, uh, where he said, you know, there are there are rare Christians whose very presence incite others to be better Christians. And he said, oh. I want to be that Christian. Yeah. And you know, there there are. I think for that Christian, what what that Christian is, is one that is is they're up, they're they're out, they're doing things for God. Uh, their thoughts are always on God. Um, you know, they're always seeking to uh, have God's will, to understand what God's will is for them. But they're they're getting up and they're getting out and they're and they're moving for God. They're they're doing God's purpose. Their hands are always busy doing things for God. Um, you know, and it can be the simplest thing. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, we all have, like I said earlier, we all have wonderful talents that God's given us. And it can be as simple as, you know, working at a, uh, a home uh, that uh, serves the, the needy, or it could be a home that serves the homeless. It, uh, it could be as simple as, you know, if you can't get out, you're, um, you know, if you have a talent of being able to knit or crochet, you're making stuff for uh, the needy who need it. Um, whatever it be that you have a talent of, God's, God's given every one of us, like I said earlier, a, a wonderful talent. We're all good at something. How can we use that something 
to help others and to bring glory to God. That's the biggest thing. If, you, if you're a Christian, how can you use the wonderful talent that God has given you to make a difference in his children's lives? That's well said. Hey, just before I let you go, one last uh, thought. Any you mentioned, uh, you've mentioned Tozer a couple times. Any key resource or, or two resources that uh, really helped you when you were going through this this time? Uh, there are. I know I'm, um, I'm put, kind of putting you on the spot here. No, it's it's all right. I, I do have them close by, so I do remember the books that I read. But Tozer's the purpose, the pursuit of God, was very good. But I found what was more beneficial to me and what really brought out, and I can't remember if it was the precursor or the, the book after, but it's uh, Tozer's The Pursuit of God's Pursuit of Man. And God's Pursuit of Man was just a book that really spoke to my heart and uh, just uh, amazing things that uh, that man, that God had given that man the right. And they, do, they do call him the, the, the last, uh, last great prophet. I believe is the nickname that he has. And God just gave him some great, great insight. And he was kind of the first uh, writer that I started reading after becoming a Christian. And just uh, things that spoke to me through him, that God had spoken to me through him, uh, just has made a, made a change in my life. That's awesome. Well, Sean, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know this has been very, very helpful and really just really challenging honestly to me as as i listen here so i really thank you a lot well thank you very much for uh, having me today i really appreciate it hey wasn't that great uh, maybe you're someone that you really connected with this podcast and you'd like to reach out to sean if that's the case just email me um you can email me at ezra at mondaychristianpodcast.com that's an easy way to get a hold of me and if you just do that, I'll, I can connect you uh, directly to Sean, and you can maybe ask him some of the questions that may, maybe some challenges that you're going through right now in your life. And so I just want to thank you again for listening. And again, maybe this podcast didn't speak to where you're at, but you know of someone else who could really use this at this time. So I would just encourage you to share that with them. But until next time, my name is Ezra Beyer. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to the Monday Christian Podcast, the program dedicated to helping you put into action the truth of God's Word that you hear on Sunday to your everyday life on Monday. For more info on this program and other resources that can help you grow stronger in your walk with God, simply visit our website, mondaychristian.com. That's mondaychristian.com.